<laughs> I'm going to say I actually answered it depends. Um, and I know that that's like the most irritating producty um, response, but I genuinely think that it does. So the usage and engagement obviously is so, so important. And I, I agree with the, the last point <laughs> that a lot of these things are really interrelated. But in terms of a product release, which is such a granular um, uh, uh, unit of work, such mm. a granular unit of value, um, if you've done, if you've done the work up front to really be able to understand what the problem is and know that it traces back to creating revenue or increasing usage or, or what have you, then really the objective of, uh, of that release is going to be whatever you think is the obstacle most standing in the way of that outcome that you want, right? And so Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. This week, we have an exciting topic called Delivering Business Value. It's Steve. <laughs> and, and, who, uh, and who are you? I am Mei Wong. There we I go. I am the Grant Hunter understudy. Uh, Grant can't make it this week, but I'm more than happy to do the the, the usual Grant Hunter spiel. So this week, we're going to talk about delivering business value. Last week, we spoke about understanding customer value. And I think it's really important to talk about the differences between customer value and business value, because oftentimes people say business value and assume customer value sits under there. But I think it's really important to A, distinguish the difference between the two, and B, understand how it fits in in the context of product management. Steve, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> no, I was going to do it to you. Um, let's see. <laughs> May, <laughs> you had a really good point about value to the business. So why don't we start with that? All right. Um, so I really, really, really hate the term, the business, especially when it's used in common parlance, right? Um, people throw it around all the time, you know, the business needs this, or we have to do what's best for the business. But what even is the business? So when I talk to people, which I do, um, <laughs> I, I, every time someone says the business, I say, stop. Who are you talking about there? And these are all the answers I've ever gotten. So one is the larger enterprise, one is sales, one is success. I've got it for operations. I've got it for the product organization as a whole. I've got it for our internal customers or the B2B part of the B2B2C. I've got it for um, the PNL. <laughs> I've got it for the executive leadership. So what is the business like it's it's really hard to talk about business value when it could mean sales value when it could mean operational value right so i think it's important to really differentiate 
what we're talking about because the business can mean so many different things. I agree. Uh, I, and I I remember the first time I heard it, somebody said, well, after all, you know, sales is the customer. And I'm like, I don't know how much of our product are they running on their servers in their homes? <laughs> uh, salespeople are lovely. I love salespeople, but they are not the customer. Um, they are colleagues or better yet, distributors of software or product or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Jason, uh, you usually ring in pretty early on this particular question. What do you think the hardest thing about delivering business value? Or you can respond to May's inquiry, which was, what do you mean when you say business? Uh, sure. So I didn't actually get to this one because it was a little tricky for me on Monday to think about um, releasing value because in this case for this question, it was per release. Uh, mm. And I think the business doesn't care, in my experience, the business, which I look as the C-suite, um, and maybe the sales team, and everybody who pushes products to the market and sells the market, uh, the ones that receive value as far as the business is, is, is what I've seen. They don't care necessarily so much about each particular release, rather than the overall product value and vision um, that we're doing in, in our plan as product managers. Mm -hmm. And so the release piece has got me um, tied up a little bit there. But uh, so I hope that answered your question. Um, mm -hmm. That didn't answer totally your question. Um, the overall value, so the overall value I see per release is probably more on the sales team because they're looking, or a pre-sales team because they're looking at the next thing to start pitching ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, for the business from the C-suite, I don't think they're looking at us at us as a release by release standpoint. Instead, it's your, what's your, what's your product vision? Is that going to be competitive to the market? Can I be proud that we're going to bring a competitive differentiating product at a, that's the right price at a low cost to the market to achieve more um, revenue and ultimately more profit? Yeah. You know, at the release level, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I think of, of release as being like four things you know, one thing off the roadmap that moves us forward strategically, a whole bunch of stuff that is important or not important that's in the backlog. Um, there's, uh, in, and typically those are ones that interest like the salespeople. Um, things that are helpful truly to the users or the customers, uh, which are also helpful to the support teams and the success teams. And then an aspect of technical debt of just, you know, dealing with bugs, dealing with performance, cleaning up stuff. And I, I think we often lose sight of the release as being, you know, just a big ball of stuff. But I think we really ought to think about them in context of something, if you will, something for everybody, you know, something for vision, something for tech, something for buyers, something for users. Mm -hmm. um, let me shift over to Paul. Paul, you you uh, made a similar point about uh, clarifying the terminology. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I, business is one of those vague things. And, and when I go to such respected resources as Wiki, um, they are so helpful in saying that it's relating to everything with the health and well-being of the firm in the long run. So there you go, clarity. Um, so I phrase that I've been using internally is that the business is whatever, or at least business value is what we want to be when we grow up. 
Mm. And uh, so we talk about these five-year plans and, and whatnot. What, who do we want to be and what, what do we want to be at the end of that? And then I know, is this value or isn't it? Um, one organization that I worked with, our group had, I think, something like 211 products and we sold maybe eight to 12 of them. Mm. Um, but yeah. if we didn't show the entire portfolio, then we weren't seen as, as a broad resource that someone could go to for anything. So for 190 of those products, there was zero value to the organization, but without them, there was zero value for our customers. So it was a catch 22. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think yeah. we, we often talk about prioritization uh, and it seems like UX people tend to focus on value to the user and salespeople tend to focus on value to the business. And we need to do both of those. Now, May, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you said, like as our organizations grow up, but like, do any of us work for what we consider a grown up organization? <laughs> we still face the same challenges. In the... My organization is a rebellious teenager now that, that thinks it's independent, but really needs a lot of help. That's a good one. Great. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Nils wants to weigh in. Yeah, so I, I, in my comment on the on the question, I noted that irrespective of what we define the business as or even what value is, attributing anything specific we do to having that result or attributing the value that we get to the thing that we delivered, that is really, really hard. I, I work in a company that has, we have around 60 product managers. And, you know, we are always working on things like making sure that people retain and you know, and it, it makes a big difference, as you know, if they retain for a, another year after, you know, if they're here for two years, they're profitable. If they're here for three years, they're very profitable. Well, what impact did the thing that I built have on that? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it, it, it's meant to have some impact, but how do I even measure that? Because 60 other people are putting stuff into the product as well at any right. given time. Um, to me, that's the really big challenge about, about, um, delivering value is is knowing if i did basically mm -hmm. uh, irrespective of how i measure it on who is getting it um and i i am uh not a big believer necessarily in metrics for this because every metric is like a little slice of a thing our metrics don't our metrics don't measure very well how likely a user is to bring our software into the company in their next job for example we can get a certain sense of that but it's not it's like you know they were they they would do that because they were really happy with it when they are in their current job and they go to their next job and they say we, we should get this but what's the how do i attribute that to a feature that i'm building today but that is really a big component of long-term value of what the cost of for the comp for the company what what Paul mentioned as, um, you know, the health and well-being of the organization over the long term. Anyway, that's a th some thoughts. Fair enough. Great. Uh, Shaughnessy had some interesting points. Uh, she, she started with research and analysis paralysis. So, Shaughnessy, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I was specifically thinking, like, before we even we're having a really good conversation about like what actually is business value. And I think that's a super important conversation to have. I, um, when I'm thinking of business value, I'm thinking of 
um, the Gibson Biddle quote, his, you know, his, the, um, uh, the job of the PM is hard at the highest level. I define the role as the ability to delight customers in hard to copy margin enhancing ways. I'm like, okay, th that's the margin enhancing part. Like, cool, straightforward. But it's not because as, uh, um, as was just pointed out, that's there and you have to decompose it into other things like, um, you know, retention and you have to, you have to identify the, the leading indicators because the margin is going to be that lagging indicator. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I answered the question, I was thinking about, okay, what are those challenges that get in the way of being able to move those leading indicators, right? And, and the analysis paralysis one was just one that came up is, you know, you can get too much in your own way um, when trying to ascertain um, 100% uh, empirical um, uh, understanding that what you're going to do is absolutely going to you know, ha have you know, X impact, too much experimentation, too much research. I think there is such a thing um, that you can, you know, you can kind of uh, turn your wheels too much on that and not get to um, the point where you're actually building something that that people will use, that people will, you know, that will have the impact that you want. Um, the other side is true too, right? Where you, you're getting not enough um, of an opportunity to explore what, uh, is actually going to move the needle. I think, honestly, I think the hardest thing about delivering business value to boil it down usually is that um, you often aren't given enough time to mm -hmm. actually see that business value delivered because mm -hmm. it the priorities will shift so rapidly. Folks will see that they're not getting gains immediately and they'll decide that it's not working and it's time to reprioritize, mm -hmm. um, which is just not how good products are are built it's a long game um so i think that's that's the thing that gets the most in the way that's a that's a good point there um i i've often said that uh product is a marathon and i, I i've always been a little annoyed that uh, in agile we call it sprints you know <laughs> uh, mm. you can't sprint continuously you know it's you, you got to play for the long game um but anyway uh, thank you. Um, hey, Corey, you also weighed in on this and uh, you you uh, wanted to delineate. I don't know if you were delineating between the business and the company or you were saying the business and the company are the same thing. Um, before I do that, there is a story of a person who finished a marathon in 96 years. That is quite a marathon. And I don't know exactly what they were running or how they finished in 96 years, but it, it is desirable at least to finish a marathon sooner rather than later <laughs> very good point uh very but yeah point. the the thing that i keep coming back to is the business is the company the business is not a subset of people in the company or a person in the company it is the company so separating business and it or business and product or business and engineering whatever mm -hmm. It's just the company. It's just what you're doing for so that's one of the hardest things is making sure that everybody understands that the business is the company mm -hmm. and we're doing things to deliver value for the company. And by doing that, we deliver first value to the customers and then the customers reward us by paying us money and coming back to do more business with us. Um, that adds monetary value, reputational value, all kinds of other value that the business will care about. But if you do things that the customers don't care about, it does not matter your advertising campaign, 
your plans, your processes, your practices, who's there? If the customers don't care about your business, uh, you won't have one. Very, very true. Very true. Hey, Dutch, what do you think of that? I put uh, Dutch on the spot here a little bit. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, um, sorry, I'll, I'll kind of align with Corey there, but I'll flip it a little bit in the fact that, you know, it kind of depends on what type of business that you are in. You know, is it a, a revenue stream? Is it a nonprofit? Is it a not-for-profit? Uh, you know, I come from, most of my career has been in the public sector. And so in federal government, you know, they're not looking for revenue. They're not, that, that's not their value. And we were building products for internal teams. Uh, anything that we built was for ourselves as opposed to external entities. And, and isn't so, there business value in that? Um, it's not revenue. No, it's not revenue. So that that goes to, well, what's the value that you're looking for? Mm -hmm. the, the value itself really depends on what the, the mission of the organization is, if you want to use a more generic term than business or company. Um, you know, the fact that we were able to start doing more with less, less money, less people, you know, things were more efficient. We got things faster. Uh, we had more tools available to automate processes and analytics and all sorts of stuff. You know, the fact that it was more efficient through technology was the value that we were adding most of the time. Um, not, not what companies will end up having, which is usually even a nonprofit. You know, are we making enough money in order to continue to provide value and meet our mission and our goals? Um, so like like a lot of these things it depends what, mm -hmm. what what's the what's the what's the mission what's the what do you what does that organization define as value so i think that's the hardest thing about delivering it is knowing what the organization considers valuable mm -hmm. or for that matter defining the definition of done or <laughs> defining the definition of success what does success look like? It may not be revenue, right? It may be customer satisfaction or increased productivity or reduced costs. Exactly. And we don't, I think we often don't think about that. Um, Dominic, I'm sure you have something you would like to contribute. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, totally aligned with what just Corey and, and Dutch were saying early on. I mean, I, I think to answer the question, uh, you know, what is the hardest thing about delivering business value? To, to me, it's really understanding the customer needs and the customers can be either external or internal, right? Uh, and, you know, business can be for profit, for nonprofit, right? So understanding the customer needs is, is one, you know, uh, top of mind. And the second is, you know, and we're, we're, we've been talking about how, how do we define, you know, uh, the business, how do we define value? So managing expectation from different stakeholders can be really challenging. And, and that's where, to me, these are you know, top of mind for, for, for this week's you know, <laughs> question. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Richard, what do you think about uh, business value versus customer value? Uh. That's a 
I was really just going to answer the initial question. <laughs> well, answer the initial question then, and yeah. then I'll throw that bigger question, that other question out to everybody in a right. second. Uh, for me, for what I've been seeing, it's defining business value for what you're trying to accomplish, defining the goals for what you're trying to accomplish, and then getting alignment behind that and keeping it. Um, so many times, people have their own idea of what something means and what they should be doing with it. I'm currently dealing with a bunch of salespeople who are like, we should just give this away to build our user base. So I'm not charging anything for this anymore. I'm just going to start giving it away. And it's like, that's not really the goal of getting us to these revenue targets. Mm -hmm. And how does the commission structure work on things that you give away? It, right. Well, right. So, you know, they're selling other things as well, gotcha. but they're giving away this one particular yeah. product. Which I had a scenario years ago like that, where right. the sales guy said, hey, um, I want to give your product away to close the bigger deal. And my the president said, hey, Steve, you know, I want to let you get involved in this. You know, I want you to have approval on this. And I went, great. Um, I automatically reject all deals that include giving my product away for free. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's not a very good attitude. And I'm like, well, then we have to revisit my comp plan because my comp plan has a massive bonus on revenue of my product. Um, yeah. And, you know, so everybody's got anything misaligned, but is giving the product away is not a bad idea if you're trying to either sell the bigger thing or uh, build a customer base that you can come around and charge uh, maintenance down the road, but you just got to make sure everybody's incentives are aligned. Uh, at the end of the year, when your boss says, how come your product didn't have any revenue? You're like, dude, that was your strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, weigh in on this. Making sure that my audio is working now that I restarted. First. Great. Sounds good. Awesome. So I, I think I heard a lot of common themes and they kind of reflect well on my overall experience. And I think one of the biggest challenges I've had is I have my own theoretical grand vision that I think is important and I think is super special and others don't necessarily share it. One of the biggest frustrations I've had is trying to balance my own thoughts, feelings, my own plans versus what is out there. I think the biggest struggle I've had to deliver impact is in actually moving things forward and getting out of my own way in a way, but also putting the business in a, a place where it's going to be successful, right? It's, it's like knowing when to kind of hold them and when to fold them in a lot of different ways. But ultimately, trying to balance all these things is part of the art of product management. So <laughs> I was very interested to hear other people's thoughts. And uh, I, I do appreciate that as I continue to kind of sharpen my axe, as it were. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the nice things about going last in this particular series as well, you, you know, you've got a lot of ideas to play with. Uh, May, why don't you wrap up this section for us? Or not? As uh, the that case sounds may be. like a very challenging thing, but I feel like um, the, the, the most important thing from what I understood from our conversation here is whatever business value is it's up to us to kind of set it and align it and make sure everyone understands 
why it is we're making these strategic decisions uh, for the product. And we also need to get everyone on board and make sure their compensation structures are aligned, no matter what it is. But th this, this makes me think a lot about um, kind of like the corporate level mission values vision, right? Like how how much are these aligned with what we actually end up doing? Like, and at our level of control, how does this all congregate into business value? And the larger the organization or the more uh, disjointed the organization, the harder this is going to see uh, to be to to see and visualize. So I think it's you know it, it's reasonable to maybe not think about this at a full, you know, megacorp level, but also just split it out into, you know, within your thing that has an individual reported PNL um, or whatever it might be, uh, your individual domain, a GM or whatever this is. You know, what is that value that's important here? Um, and I think this exists at all levels. Like it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the general manager of a large organization. It can be, you know, within your specific products, like what Richard was saying, what is the value we bring? Are we a supporting piece that, you know, are we a channel to drive revenue for the rest of the organization? Um, are we a internal thing that provides value to the rest of the organization through internal tools? And that all has value, but make sure it gets recognized or else um, when the next 20% layoff comes. You know? <laughs> right, right. Dangerous. And of course, the, 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 the challenge is, as, as I've said before, is um, success has many parents and failure is an orphan. But sometimes failure isn't an orphan. Sometimes it's like we got to find somebody to blame and let's blame Steve. You know, so uh, that's always a challenge. Elliot, final words on delivering business value. Yeah, it's one of those things like, does the, the main question is, does the organization, when you look at sales, the executive team, is there an actual alignment on what the actual um, success metric or the actual measure of success is? If that's not there, then it almost becomes impossible to drive that that impact as as I kind of mentioned before, if there's no alignment around either the North Star metric, the KPI, et cetera, if right. there's warring factions that all that creates chaos. Absolutely. Uh, one of my books that I've quoted a few times, The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni, he says it really helps if we all work for the same company. And so often every VP is working for their own company. No wonder we're misaligned. Okay, time to shift over to the poll. Um, and I'm going to spotlight myself, I think, if that works. There we go. So here's the poll. Uh, when assessing the business value of a product release, what do you think is the most important value to the business? And the user and engagement, usage and engagement created was voted for by 45% of us. So let me uh, let me open that up. Uh, who um, who among us? There we go. Uh, voted for usage and engagement created. You want to just kind of raise your hand there. Let's see. Just you and me, Jason. Okay. Uh, oh, and Shaughnessy. Okay. Oh, uh, Neil Nils as well. Great. Well, Jason, why don't you uh, start off by sharing why you think uh, the most important the 
why you think usage is the most important uh, uh, to the business. So on a release by release basis, so it's our, I feel like product managers do a really good job of having an overall holistic vision of product management and the products, right? Whole product thinking. <clears throat> and we understand that in order to drive revenue, you're probably at some point going to need your users using your software. You know, That's so that's kind right? of an interesting metric, and sure. By the way, if you give your software away, the likelihood of them using it goes down. That goes back to what Richard was saying. Um, so, uh, the, people often equate price with value. Yeah, exactly. So, the uh, higher the price, the more intrinsic value until a point. But that's a pricing conversation. Uh, so that's what my thinking was that if you ask the business where the value is, they're going to talk about profit and revenue, but we know that's product managers that would drive profit and revenue is referenceable customers, customers that are pleased with the applications they are solving business problems. All of these things happen when users are using the applications and our job as product managers through these releases and making sure that we're tying metrics and looking at KPIs and those kind of things associated with usage is that the users are using the products to solve their problems. Brilliant. Brilliant. We'll drive, we'll drive the rest of the, for the business, even if they don't know what they are looking for specifically. Nils, you want to add to that? Um, I kind of felt that all the options were the same in one sense that they're all highly correlated and, but engagement is the leading kind of a leading indicator just for the, for the reasons that Jason just said. Um, in fact, and, and in my comment, I said, you could even go back one step, which is to say, um, the most important value. Well, what, what is the question increasing the most important value to the business? I said, um, the most important value to the business is to make sure that our product is the market's best choice mm -hmm. for doing the thing that the market needs to do. Right. Um, if we can do that and we can get it to market correctly, then engagement will happen because it's their best choice. And then all of the other things, um, the, you know, the profit and revenue will happen and the OKRs will be met. I mean, there's always a question of, okay, we can make revenue, but can we make profit? Well, you need to price it right. Of course. But um, assuming you, you're not selling it for less than it costs you to make or less than it costs you to run the business, then you're going to achieve those things. If your product does the thing that the market needs and it does it better than their other alternatives and you can persuade them of that. Well done. Well done. Uh, Shaughnessy, what do you think? Yes. So Steve, I lied. I had totally forgotten um, what I actually answered on this poll. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say I actually answered it depends. Um, and I know that that's like the most irritating producty um, <laughs> response, but I genuinely think that it does. So usage and engagement obviously is so, so important. And I, I agree with the, the last point <laughs> that a lot of these things are really interrelated. But in terms of a product release, which is such a granular um uh, a unit of work, such mm -hmm. a granular unit of value. Um, if you've done, if you've done the work up front to really be able to understand what the problem is and know that it traces back to creating revenue or increasing usage or or what have you, then really the objective of uh, of that release is going to be whatever you think is the obstacle most standing in the way of that outcome that you want right and so mm -hmm. sometimes it's like 
Um, all right, our uh, quote to cash process is extraordinarily slow and cumbersome. Standard price, like you understand how that is, right? Um, so that might be standing in the way of you, you know, booking uh, booking more customers, generating that revenue. But the measure of that particular release is okay. Are we have we shortened the the cycle somehow? Have we in in have we added an efficiency? for um for our salespeople, our sales ops have we um you know shortened the turnaround time of our contracts whatever um it's got to be more i think at the release level it just has to be more focused and yes you have to have the traceability back to what at, at the higher level in capital letters you're trying to do for the mm -hmm. business but if you're focused it will be i think a lot um more of a smart goal, a lot smaller, a lot more measurable, um, and that kind of a thing. That's great. I, you know, I, I there's a word that I use a lot in in training classes, and that is identifying friction. You know, uh, it um, one on one hand is like you know, ooh, find problems in the market. You know, that's a good thing to do. But you know, where's the friction? What and 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 friction can be on either side. It could be there is something that is causing friction in selling. Or there's something that is causing friction in adoption. Um, and either one, it's like that should drive our thinking at the release level. Uh, May, you're nodding. So I'm going to say that means you agree with me fervently. So let me uh, ask you to weigh in on that. Well, you, you spoke about friction, and that's kind of where I, I thrive. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you mean you are creator of friction? You need a little bit of friction <laughs> to make things smooth. So, um, Fair enough. I, I like to, to go back to the actual poll question though. <laughs> uh, I think it's like all of these things are important in terms of measuring that actual release, in terms measuring the business value of that actual release. But I, I think that one thing that we're not talking about is really market and growth potential. Um, and the reason for that is whenever you think about the word value, especially used in a generalized business management context, you're often looking at future value or you know net present value, you know, all the things that you learned in school, mm -hmm. like the only uh, financial math you probably learned was about net present value future value. And so whenever you say, I'm going to do this, oftentimes the question asked is, what is the value? And again, that's future, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking, if we're talking about a release, like oftentimes it's like, yes, we're building something for the customer, but sometimes it's also about the foundational piece that leads up to the next thing. Sometimes it's about, you know, making customers happy so again like the the potential to retain your customers so i think it's a, it's really about the future right mm -hmm. uh future proofing your product getting ready for launch in the future it's like yes it might drive engagement now today but really it's about like what are you building towards what is the vision and i think mm -hmm. like that's that's a key part of the business value that we should keep in mind as we build towards the future. I mean, that's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Like whenever we build something, it's about, you know, what is the vision? Where are we going? That does remind me of my first product management job. I was a little worried about it. I went and sat down with some really, really, really smart people. And I thought they were going to ask me, 
technical questions. And I said, you know, I, I'm hoping to do well here. <laughs> How can I contribute? And they said, tell us what's going on with the business. You know, what new deals have we gotten? What deals have we lost? Uh, what marketing plans do we have to promote our product? And, and I came to this realization that for them, this product was their baby. You know, they were proud of it. They wanted it to do well and, uh, you know, meet a nice hardware product and, you know, uh, go off and start a little family of products, right? I mean, they were uh, very interested in in the plans that we had for their product and, and, and that really affected the way I, I think about it. Um, so we talked a lot about uh, usage and engagement. Does anybody want to argue in favor of profit or revenue created by a release? Anybody want to weigh in on that? Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll weigh in here. Uh, okay. I, I Go think ahead, I responded profit, right? But I'll, I'll turn it around a little bit because I was torn and say, well, you know, let's answer, it depends, right? Uh, but I, I think what's, to me, what's really the most important is balancing uh, what I said, called the, you know, triple constraint of, um, you know, time, cost, and, and scope. So making sure that we deliver at feature level, right? Um, it's important to deliver something on time and at cost that you know we expected. But most importantly, which sometimes we forget, is the scope. We mm -hmm. tend to change scope, right? Being agile, we change scope. And at the end of the day, what really important to me is have we delivered the value we committed to the customer, right? Mm -hmm. And when we are able to deliver both cost, time, and scope, well, the resulting effect is, well, it's profitable, right? We, we generate profit for the organization. That was assuming a number of things about scope, but yeah, okay, I'll, 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 take, your, I'll take your point. Um, cool, 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 cool. Well, let's shift gears and talk about balancing business value and customer value. Paul, why don't you weigh in on that? Or you can call a friend. Oh man, balancing business value and customer value. I like I, I, since Grant isn't here, I got to throw a Druckerism out there. That oh right uh, to the to the gist of uh, profit is is sort of the validation of your uh, of your business uh, and how you deliver value. I'm and I'm mangling, that's right. Profit I'm is not the goal. Drucker. Profit is the result. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, it, I still keep coming back to who, who do you want to be? That if, if you, as an organization, want to be the biggest, then you're going to drive at things a little bit differently. If you, um, there's a text to, I believe, titled something along the lines of uh, discipline of market leaders or something like that. It just basically says, well, FedEx isn't trying to be Walmart. Walmart's not trying to be Nordstrom's. Uh, they, they all decided who they're going to be and that determines how they're going how their business value is going to be attached to customer value and it they can't all do it the same way the same the same thing the same way or else eventually there's left value left on the table for people that didn't want that or wanted something additional um so that balance really just comes from doing it doing something a little bit your organization delivering value to the customers differently and someone else so that you can realize your own value. You know, I feel the same way about 
best practices. Uh, I've gone on record a few times on this one, I think. I don't think there's anything, uh, any such thing as best practices. I think there are some common practices that we can adapt to make them best for us. But to your point, no other company has the people, the products, and the market that your product, your company does. And so trying to be another company isn't a winning strategy. Trying to be the company you are is the winning strategy. If two people are doing the same thing, one of them's redundant. Yeah, totally. Corey, you want to weigh in? Yeah. So the first thing that I would do is decide as a company, uh, what game are we playing? What field? What are the rules? Um, mm -hmm. So we can at least know that. And then we figure out what customers value that are playing that game, that are part of that field, that are part of that team, whatever. Um, and do it in that order. Uh, but I'm, I'm always struck, and I, I love this uh, Marty Kagan quote, of great products solve real problems for our users and customers in a way that our customers love, yet work for our business. So in that mm -hmm. model, again, the business is at the end of that conversation. The right. customers come first after you decide which customers you're going to serve. Absolutely. Well done. Uh, Dutch, one more, uh, one more chance to weigh in on this balancing of business and customer value, and then we'll go to our next question. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, everybody's had such, such great, uh, input again, it's what's, what's value to the business. I mean, revenue, if you, if you price the same thing at a dollar versus $5, and you have all the same number of users, you, you have more revenue, but does that mean it's more successful? I mean, it's, it, there's, there's a balance in everything and you have to figure out, um, are people using it because it's great or because there's nothing else out there that does the same exact thing? You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into all of this and the balance is hard. And like you said, um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. But um, yeah. It, it, oh, well, it, you can always end up with, I yeah. agree with Steve in every way. Well, Jason took a lot of what I had to say. So uh, <laughs> earlier, so. Well, there you go. Agree with, uh, agree with Jason is also a good play. I agree with everybody. There we go. All right. Uh, so let's shift gears and go to what is the most important thing we can do? What's the most important thing that product managers can do uh, about business value? Richard, you want to weigh in? The most important thing we can do is understand what the need is. Mm -hmm. right? If we can't understand what the need is and we can't communicate that out, then what are we doing? Fair enough. Sorry, I got distracted by the chat. Uh, I'm, I'm not like, uh, but I am going to do something wrong here. Uh, Neil, Nils, why don't you share with us what you shared in the chat and see if you can create a, a street fight here <laughs> yeah i was I'm, I'm thinking about this um i was a math major so sometimes i think in terms of oh is there a function and is it continuous and onto um you know do we can we raise business value by long term by reducing customer value or or are they you know my my inclination is to always think that that the business gets more valuable when the customer gets more value and that might not be true but that's sort of my inclination, particularly in the kind of 
enterprise software, which is where I live, I feel like that's like the, the calculation we need to make is that if we want the business to be more successful, then the customers have to be more successful. Um, and I'm I'm just putting it that out there as sort of an axiom or a postulate. Story. Well, look what happened to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The federal government came down on them. I mean, which is good. I mean that you, you, there there are um, there are impacts to decisions. You know that. So, I mean, I I and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's that should be the at least a default way of thinking. If you want the business to be more valuable, make the customers give more value to the customers, make them more successful. And why? Cool. And why? So why are those related, Mills? Well, the 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 reason they're related is that the customer. There's a couple of things. One is customers have other options, right? So if you remove value from your offering and they can get that value elsewhere, then they are may move there. Um, giving more value makes the sales the sales cycle faster. There's a lot of different ways that that increasing customer value potentially will make the business more valuable. I mean, and there's also potentially lots of breakdowns in that process as well. But um, that's just sort of it's the way that I think. I mean, I'm very customer value oriented. I guess is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And um, certainly in a well operating marketplace, if if somebody is using a product and they start to feel that it's declining in value and someone else is putting out a product that offers that value or enhances it, you know, that's a risky position to be in for your product. That's losing value. Absolutely. So you know, I'm anyway, reminded it's, it's, of, it's a model. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of a book I read years ago that was called customers come second. <laughs> and it was, if you take care of your cut, if you take care of your employees, your employees will be so shocked, they will take care of your customers and your customers will be so shocked, they'll do business with you, which I think is a really good point. Uh, May, you want to wrap up uh, this discussion about business value and then we'll go into our key takeaways. I think it's, it's what everyone's saying, which is understanding product like product management's product sorry product managers tend to care a lot about the customers and sometimes we get put into these situations where we're being asked to choose between business value and customer value and that's going to happen throughout our careers but if we can find the place where the two intersect and convince everyone else that this is a good idea i feel like that's kind of the pinnacle of great product management. And if you can even like push things towards customer value to talk about the future market and growth potential of the business value, then I think that that's where we want to be, right? It's not even the intersection because the intersection is very much about short-term focus and now. And sometimes you need that, right? Like some businesses like you need that you're in a situation where you need to really increase profit or whatever, right? But if you can talk about, you know, the value a year from now, the value two years from now, the longevity of the business, I think that is where we might want to start thinking about how do we drive those conversations? You know, how do we get people to start thinking about customer value um, beyond the UX team? 
Good point. Good point. All right. So what is your biggest learning or takeaway from this conversation? I'll start with May. Unless you want to call a friend. I took away a lot. Um, I think it's really more about the nuance between that customer value and the business value. And also how how it impacts us, like what we think about when, when we get asked to do something like, you know, we need more profits. Hmm. Fair enough. Paul, what do you think? Hey, Key I, takeaway. I think we came full circle um, with, with May's comment about how you take two simple words, business and value, and then you can have a dozen people here and, and all disagree on what happens when you put them together and what does that mean? But uh, if you don't clarify the very basic things that you're trying to communicate at, at, at the very first step, you're going to come to different conclusions. Mm -hmm. So alignment is key. Cool. Shaughnessy. I think my biggest takeaway, you know, judging by the fact that that there are so many different definitions <laughs> and interpretations of what business value means, um, the biggest thing that tells me is that in the context in a business, um, one of the biggest challenges is going to be articulating what the business value is, what you not only what those terms mean, but also in this case, what you the the product team literally mean by business value and articulating that clearly and crisply um, so that it's clear to your leadership and your sales team um, and easy for them to understand uh, in, in terms, you know, that that they use day to day. Well done, Elliot. Final thoughts. Uh, it was a really uh, interesting, wide-ranging conversation. It's all, uh, always interesting to kind of see other people think and experience them thinking. So I, I have a lot of thoughts that are kind of bubbling through, and I'll probably have better conclusions later. But I, I want to thank everybody for uh, the, the interesting perspectives and, and challenging me to uh, think in some slightly different ways and see it from your perspective. So uh, thank you very much. Great. Great. Richard. So I think this is the first one of these calls I've been on where there has not been any two people that agreed on everything. <laughs> we have all had different ideas. Right? There may be one or two point, one point or so that someone said that other people agreed on, but there was no, oh yeah, this one has the answer. Interesting. Value is something I don't know what it is, but I'll know it when I see it. <laughs> or it's just like with products it's so varied and mm -hmm. we've all worked on so many different things that there is no one right answer very true uh neil's poked into the uh, uh chat stream uh ask a dozen pms what business value means and you'll get 13 answers thanks for that uh dominic i i think defining value upfront is so critical otherwise how do we measure it mm -hmm. how do we well again is how do you know what success is unless you tell me what success is i did a i had a funny thing years ago they said that the the launch we did in australia was a disaster and i said how do you know and they said well the salespeople say it was a disaster and I said, well, what are you going to do differently going forward? And they're like, oh, nothing. We're going to we're going to launch in, in England next week. So it was like, 
by somebody's definition, it was a disaster, but you're planning on going ahead anyway. And, you know, the answer is, well, we have a, well, we have a plan. <laughs> We're just blindly following the plan that created apparently a disaster. So that's kind of fun. Uh, Dutch, what's your takeaway? Um, so regardless of what type of business you have, you can't have value unless you're giving customers value. So customer value should be first, and then you can judge whether the business is getting value after that. Um, and the beautiful thing about this group meeting every week is like everybody's been saying, you know, well, what's the best practice? You know, there, there's not necessarily a best practice, but there's maybe the most common practice. Mm -hmm. But each organization, their definition of best and value is going to vary based on their team and their product or products. There you go. All right. And then one more uh, chance for Corey to weigh in and then we'll start wrapping up our session today. So I'm, I'm, I think the discussion today, good. And I think the separate discussions we've had these last two weeks between customer value, and business value, common things we all struggle with, uh, there was a book that I read because I was trying to learn more about the art of business value. So I found a book called The Art of Business Value by Mark <laughs> Schwartz. And to save you a read, although it's a good read, I, I recommend everybody read it. <clears throat> the whole premise of his book is around business value. One of the last lines in the book says, all this time he has not defined what business value is. At the end of the book, he says, ultimately it turns out that business value is what the business values, and that's that. So there is no definition, there is no playbook, there is no way to define what your business value or should value. It just is what it values. And Fair enough. Nice, figure out. nice wrap up. Uh, May, any final thoughts before I uh, preview next week? Uh, no, but I will do the grant thing of saying, gosh, what a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, keep going. What a great <laughs> learning all you're gonna do. Really, <laughs> um, I think I think this is a this was the perfect conversation to follow up on the the conversation on customer value, partly because there has been so much discussion about business value and customer value, and every time you read something, it talks about business value and customer value, but no one really kind of goes into depth of what each of these things mean. Um, and I think one of the great joys I get from having these conversations every Friday is the, the, the fact that we can go in depth, the fact that we can unravel this one concept beyond just the surface layer that you can, you can reach within a uh, very short attention span article. You know, so right. this is why I love having, I love being here with all of these wonderful people like <laughs> Jason Vincelet, Regis Samella, Paul Hatella, Dominic Signorel, uh, Shaughnessy Spears, Corey Bryan, Nils, I don't know, I don't know what your last name is, Nils, <laughs> Elliot Golden, and Dutch DeVries. And of course, myself, Mei Wong, and Steve Johnson. Well done. Well, join us next week when we are going to talk about roadmaps, uh, executives' favorite tool and product managers' least favorite tool, uh, because everyone thinks it's something else than what I think it is. And everybody has a different, well, like, you know, like business value. But anyway, 
On Monday, the question goes into the community. On Wednesday, we do a poll. And on Friday, we have these wonderful conversations. So I hope to see you this upcoming week. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.